you. Somebody say, thanks living. Beautiful. We're living thankfully. It's almost Thanksgiving. Can y'all believe that? We're like two weeks away from all of us eating as much as we want and not feeling bad about it. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks living. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, speak through in these next couple minutes. Jesus, I love you. Let your will be done. You're awesome. I'm so thankful that I get to do what I do. And you allow me to hold this microphone every week. God, I don't want, I don't want to make this normal. God, this is the greatest job in the world. Thank you for being who you are and making up for me and my lack. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So if you've been here for long at all, uh, you know I used to wrestle when I was in high school. I got kind of good at it. But one year, it was my sophomore year in high school. It was the first year I started on varsity for wrestling. And my coach, he said, Rob, we need you to do something horrible. I said, okay, Misko. He was a college wrestler. He was really good. So life only revolved around wrestling to him. I said, okay, Misko. What's up? He said, I need you to cut weight for next week's tournament. My first varsity tournament. He said, I need you to cut weight. I was like, okay, cool. And then I looked at the calendar. You know what came on that Thursday? Thanksgiving. You know what you're not supposed to do on Thanksgiving? No, what you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to cut weight, Addy. You know what cutting weight is? It's when you hate yourself for a week and you got to lose weight really, really fast. So you make weight for the tournament. And it was Thanksgiving week and I had to lose 10 pounds. From Monday to that Friday night, we had to do our last weigh-in for, for the tournament on Saturday. I had to lose 10 pounds pounds and that was no fun it was horrible however thanksgiving in my family in the bailey family has always been big like we invite all like the distant relatives like the ones you only see like once a year like the one time we see them it's thanksgiving and we end up at my parents house there's like 30 to 40 people at my parents house celebrating thanksgiving there's like turkeys and hams anyways so one of our traditions in the Bailey household, when there's like 40 of us, we have a pudding pie eating contest. Yeah, it's just like a pie show, and they have pudding in the pie show. So it's just pudding, but we call it pudding pie, and I'm not sure why. That, Asher, write that down. Pudding pie, and I'm not sure why. Catch me on Asher's next diss track. Anyways, so... There's pudding, and there's a competition. And who can eat the pudding pie the fastest? And me, being who I am as a human, of course I'm going to be, I'm the oldest guy cousin out of all my cousins. I'm going to play this game, right? And I'm going to kick all my cousins and uncles in the face in this game. Like, I'm going to disrespectfully beat them. And so it's time, and it's also, I've got to lose 10 pounds. You see my dilemma. I've got to eat 
a bunch of pie, pudding, crust. It's not really a pie. Is anything a pie if you put it in a pie crust, Maria? Yeah, thank you. Cool. I had chicken pot pie for dinner last night. Mara made it. It was incredible. Um, if you've never eaten Mara's chicken pot pie, you just go to her house. You're invited. I invite you. Later tonight, just show up. They have a one-year-old. They'll love the guests. Anyways, so it's in a pie crust. I'm going. You can't use your hands, too. You got to go like this. Headbutt the pie. Pudding. Whatever. So I go, and of course, it's me and my uncles and my cousins. I won, like, the greatest, like, athletic competition I've ever done. I won the pudding pie eating contest, Thanksgiving 2013. You know what I'm saying? It was great. I won. I was proud of myself. Maybe it was 2012. It was sometime when y'all were in, like, elementary school or, like, pre-K for the sixth graders. So anyways, we're eating the pie. I beat all my uncles, all my cousins. Great victory. But then I realized, oh, crap, I now have to lose 12 pounds by Friday. And it's Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving. So that night I was running a lot. I was running like multiple layers. Cutting weight is horrible. Um, that Thanksgiving, I was thankful I won the pie-eating competition but that's the only thing I was thankful for that year. I love Thanksgiving. Do what? No. Definitely. I had a tummy ache, Kieran, and then I had to run with You ever had to run with a tummy ache? Thank you. Not as much as a soda. <laughs> Somebody say Thanksgiving. Somebody say thanks living. God has called us to live a life of thanksgiving. My first point tonight is this, is be cheerful. Somebody say, be cheerful. be cheerful. I love that you guys are talking back. Can somebody smile? I've never seen somebody say, be cheerful, and they did it like this. Be cheerful. Be cheerful. One more time, somebody say, be cheerful, but smile. Be cheerful. Our passage says this, rejoice always. The word rejoice in Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in, is Cairo. Cairo means to be cheerful. The definition of cheerful is this, causing happiness by its nature or appearance. So ask yourself this, am I causing happiness? When I walk into a room, am I bringing people happiness? Does my surrounding change because of me? When I walk in the room, do I bring joy? Do I cause happiness for others? It's my responsibility as a believer, and it's your responsibility as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, to change your area, to change my area. When I walk into a room... Is there more happiness than there was before? Acts 17.6b says this. These men who have upset the world and have come here. Also, another version says it like this. The men have turned the world upside down. They've changed everything. Can you imagine if that was your reputation? Like you walk into a room and automatically it's better? You walk into a room and it's changed. 
Can you imagine that? Like, that's my reputation. I'm going to walk in here, and it may have been dark. It may kind of suck. It may be boring. It may be depressing. But when I walk in, everything changes. When you walk into a place, is it better because of you? If not, be cheerful. Your cheerfulness is contagious, and it can turn your world upside down. Rejoice. Always be cheerful. My second point is this, is nonstop prayer. So I'm going to say nonstop. nonstop. One more time, say nonstop. nonstop. I love it. Nonstop prayer. Our passage, verse 17, says this. It says, pray without ceasing. I looked up the Greek. What does it mean? There's a big book in my office. It's like that thick. And it shows like all the Greek words and passages. You know what it means uh, to pray without ceasing in the Greek? It means to pray without stopping. It means pray continually. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Someone say, don't stop. Prayer is actually our one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. When I pray, I'm not talking to the invisible old white dude with a beard that lives in the clouds. Like, that's not what it is. When I pray, I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the creator of the universe. I'm in communication with the one who spoke, and then boom, everything. I have the opportunity to talk to him. And I don't have to like schedule a meeting around his schedule. He's there and all I got to do is talk to him. He's always open and ready for conversation. How do I live a lifestyle of thankfulness? I don't stop praying. School struggles. Don't stop praying. Family issues. Don't stop praying. Upset parents. Don't stop praying. If you're facing divorce in your family and you don't know what to do, who do you go with? Mom, dad, you don't know. Don't stop praying. Because what happens when you pray and you go, you literally, in the spirit realm, you go to the throne of God and you're literally in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the creator of the universe who spoke and everything was fixed. He spoke and the world was created. He spoke and everything was there. Don't you think that he can handle it? Don't stop praying. Times are great. Don't stop praying. Times are bad. Don't stop praying. Your heart is broken. Don't stop praying. When you pray, things happen. We live in a world of instant gratification. I want it now, so I'm going to get it now. We need to be patient and trust that God is hearing us. And if God doesn't answer immediately, you don't stop praying. Somebody say this. Say, don't stop praying. You cannot stop. I saw this uh, meme on Facebook one time. It was two dudes. And each one had a pickaxe, and they were digging and digging and digging and digging. And one dude stopped, 
Uh, Y'all seen the meme? On the other side, it was all the diamonds. But then the guy right under him, he was going and going and going, and he got to the diamonds. And that's how it is with our prayer life, I feel like, in the spirit realm. We pray and pray and pray, and we stop right before we get our breakthrough. We need to decide and be patient and trust that God's got us. And even if he hasn't answered immediately, we're going to decide, I'm going to not stop praying. I'm going to pray and pray and pray until something happens. The reason why I'm alive today, like actually, pre-Jesus, I was facing addictions. I was an alcoholic. I was brokenhearted. I was facing all kinds of junk. And I had a mom who knew I was lost, knew I was far from God, and she said she was not going to stop praying. So don't stop praying because when you pray, things actually happen. So don't stop praying because your prayers mean something and something great could happen if you don't stop praying. So what are you praying for that's bigger than you that you can't accomplish on your own? Don't stop praying. It's worth it. you got to trust God. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. It says be anxious for nothing. Don't be scared that he's not going to answer your prayer. Don't stop praying. My last point tonight is this, and more if you come play behind me so I can get out of here and finish up. My third point is this, is thanks living. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In everything, give thanks. In hard times, give thanks. In easy times, give thanks. When everything is going wrong, give thanks. And when everything is going right, bless you, give thanks. Teenagers come to me all the time and they'll ask me, I'm like, Rob, I just don't know what God's will for my life is. I don't know what God wants me to do, who I'm supposed to be, what God wants to do. In my... Has anyone ever struggled with that thought? Like, like, God, why am I here? What did you create me for? Because y'all, like, I'm literally, I feel like I'm doing the thing God built me for, but sometimes I'm talking to God. I'm like, God, why am I here? I'm brought back to this passage. What is God's will for my life? What's God's will for your life? Why are you here? What does he want with you? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. His will for you is to be cheerful. when you walk in the room to change everything. His will for you is to pray nonstop and don't stop praying. His will for you is to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Let your reputation be that you're thankful. Have you ever met somebody like that? That like everything could go wrong and they're still smiling? Like no matter, like, like dude, like, Everything has gone wrong, but they're still happy and they're still smiling and they look to the bright side. Those people are great. I love hanging out with those guys. 
Have you ever met the person that's on the other end of the spectrum? Like everything is going right. You're living great. You got a house over your head. You got money in the bank. You got a nice job. Everything is good. But then the gas cap isn't all the way turned on your car and on the check-in. You're like, oh, God, woe is me. Life is horrible. Like, shut up. Like, you ever met someone like that, that everything could go right and one bad thing? They're like, oh, my God, life is horrible, and I quit, and God hates. You ever met a pessimist like that before? Don't look at anybody. Who's ever met a pessimist? Those are actually the worst kind of people in the world. And I believe that God is calling us to be the optimists, to look at the bright side of things. Why, as Christians, do we need to be thankful? Everything could go wrong. Why do we need to be thankful? Why are we thankful? We have the greatest reason to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. The creator of the universe chose you and knows your name. And he said, I'm gonna die for that person so that I could be reconciled with them and my relationship was broken with them, but I'm gonna go back and sacrifice myself and die so that I can be back with them. So why do we need to be thankful? Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us that and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. So everything can be horrible. Your dog could run away, your car could break down, lose your, whatever, but you have every reason to be thankful because the creator of the universe said that you were worth dying for. And I don't know you. I really don't. I don't know what keeps you up at night. I don't know what secret sins and secret addictions you have. I don't know. But no matter how broken and messed up and screwed up you are, the creator of the universe who lived a perfect life came to this earth lived perfectly, never sinned, but was tempted with everything you're tempted with, decided that you were worth dying for. In your sin, in your shame, in your brokenness, you are worth it. And I fought that. I said, I'm not worth it, God. You don't know what I did, what I've done, who I was. I'm not worth it. But while I was still a sinner, that's when Jesus died for me. And for that, I've got every reason to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You guys can stand, I'm closing. Why be cheerful? Christ redeemed you. Christ redeemed me when I didn't deserve it. Why do I pray nonstop? Because Christ redeemed me when I didn't deserve it. Why live thankfully? Why live the lifestyle of thanksgiving? Because while I was yet a sinner, while I still was in sin, 
Jesus redeemed me and reconciled me and said, he is worth dying for. And he said, you are worth dying for. Live a lifestyle of thanksgiving.